Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. John Zadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored as always by our friends at Bet Online. My name is Nick Kirby, and we are so excited to have you with us as we talk about the Red Hot Cincinnati Reds. The Reds went 4-2 and two with back-to-back series wins on their homestand. Uh, it has been a very much needed encouraging week for Reds fans and we're going to talk about all of that on tonight's show but first I want to tell you about our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head on over to the website today and use your mobile device to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. That's the promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V. Bet online is where the game starts. And now for tonight's show, here is Tim Daniel. We've had a fun week of Reds baseball, finally. So we can talk about this. We've needed this week for sure. I'm Tim Daniel. Always excited to have you guys here with us. Joining me, our excellent panel, starting with our producer, the man who puts this together for us each and every week. Also, I got to hang out with him and his family last weekend at old GABP on Saturday afternoon. Carlos, you were definitely missed for sure. My good pal, Nicholas Kirby. What's up, buddy? I have to say it's a lot more enjoyable being on here after back-to-back series wins than after an 18-4 loss uh, live instant reaction. So, uh, yeah, what a difference a week makes. Fun week for the Reds. Excited to talk about it. I love it. I love it. And here with us this week, as always, sporting his brand new headphones if you're watching the stream. Uh, but if you're not, he just has really new headphones that are really nice. Former big league pitcher. I now own a couple of his Bowman first baseball cards. Mr. Carlos Guevara. What's up, pal? What's happening, boys? How y'all doing? Good, man. I'm good. I'm so stoked that I can add you to my PC of baseball card collecting. It's long overdue. I'm glad you can as well, buddy. You probably have just as many... Uh, my mom probably still has the lead on on my baseball cards. It's going to be <laughs> tough to catch her. I think she bought out the whole inventory. Well, uh, when I see Nick <laughs> next, week in, next week in Cleveland, I'm bringing one up for him. So I'll be down to two again. Um, but still, they will go next to Joey because you guys are BFFs. Um, so That's going to be I'm nothing what, compared to what Emma gets here pretty soon. I heard. I heard. Emma Kirby. Shout out Emma Kirby. Emma Kirby. 
Represent. When I said, yeah. Emma, who's your favorite co-host on Late Night Reds Talk Live? She said, Carlos. <laughs> hey, I'm trading a uh, Joey Votto uh, Jedi bobblehead for a Carlos Guevara baseball card. So, I mean, that's what friends are for. You easily won that deal. <laughs> trying to figure out my camera. Sorry. No, you're good, man. It's part of the fun of the podcast. But got to get that also, best angle. Yeah. Before we get on and talk about just the stuff with the team, do got to let you know if you go to latenightreds.merchmake.com, you can get our our merchandise, get some swag. Uh, you got some stuff there for your dogs, you know, like dog t-shirts and dog bandanas. You got a big red platoon t-shirt. We have hoodies. Some panties for your grandma there. Those are that's a dog bandana. Oh. Jeez, Carlos. But yes, I know what it looks like in the picture. So uh, if you guys want to support us and be part of the team, uh, latenightreds.merchmake.com. We definitely appreciate it. But hey, let's go ahead and talk about the Reds, baby. Winners of four of their last six. And today, a big win to secure a series victory over the first place in the Central Milwaukee Brewers by a final of 14 to 11. And... It was 14 to five going into the ninth inning. We're not here to talk about that part yet. Um, but just seeing the offense kind of getting their swagger back, starting with the Pirates series, and then this, you know, this series kind of keeping it going. Um, you look at those two games, they lost in the homestand. So the first one, they're down big in the first inning of a bullpen game on Saturday night and make a run at it. I think they end up losing seven to five, if I remember correctly. It was pretty close. And then yesterday, I mean, they're one excellent play from Holy Urias um, at shortstop from sweeping the series against the Brewers, uh, potentially. So just really a fun, exciting weekend. Uh, Colin Moran being tremendous and at the plate, hitting four homers in, during the series, hitting a grand slam on Sunday and then following it up later with a, another homer. Um, you've got so much to be excited about, finally. Um, the bullpen you know, looked really good. I know they lost yesterday. Um, but I thought Hunter Green looked like he was a lot more patient and calm. It looked like he threw the ball a little more confidently. I know he had some walks. And he didn't give up a solo shot, but really, I thought he pitched pretty well. Um, overall, just a great homestand. You know, no, you're, no one's going to complain about four out of six, especially when you take two out of three from uh, the division leaders. So awesome, awesome, awesome homestand. So excited to see how this road trip goes. Yeah, I mean, you beat the division champs and uh, front runners for it beat them in a series. If you can't be happy and positive about this right now tonight, then I don't really know why you're following the Reds. I mean, it is what it is. The offseason is what it is. If you want to stay pissed and mad about ownership and keep crying about the same old shit, go ahead. But on this show, we're going to we're going to be positive and look forward and watching these kids grow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of the guys the Reds picked up this offseason after they did make the moves, they're all playing pretty well. I mean, Tommy Pham's yeah. been outstanding. Colin Moran is is finally looking solid. I mean, he's I think he's a well above average hitter against right-handed pitching, which is the only reason he was brought in. Uh, Brandon Drury, we already got a question about that. Um, can he be a Scooter 2.0? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. I mean, the I don't know if Drury will be able to hit as good as, as Scooter over you know like a long season. But he's definitely a much better defensive player and has a lot more position flexibility. And that's going to be interesting to see kind of once some guys get healthy, 
where do they fit him in? Because this is a guy, I, I, we haven't seen him play left field or right field, but he he's played a lot in the outfield throughout his career too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these guys they picked up have done well. I mean, I guess that's a positive if you're looking at the future. Okay, maybe they're, either they got really lucky or, hey, maybe they, they're evaluating some of these guys, you know, pretty, pretty well. Uh, so that's good. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, Tyler Stevenson and Luis Castillo. I mean, you start with those two guys. It's a pretty different team with those two guys on your roster. Um, you know, Luis Castillo just was really sharp in his first start um, for, for it being his first start on Monday. And then Tyler Stevenson, my goodness, he just uh, he is he is legit. I mean, he is everything you want, um, everything you were hoping for. And um, I just you hope he can stay healthy. I don't really see any long-term issues with him, but, you know, just playing catcher, you get banged up. Uh, but, man, he is uh, hes incredible. I, I don't know what else to say. Tyler Stevenson right now is second amongst National League catchers in weighted rungs created plus behind Wilson Contreras. Well, and I think he passed that today. I think uh, he did for a bit, and then Contreras had a big oh, game. Oh, th- did he? Did he? Okay. Yeah. Damn him. Yeah. Well, hopefully Wilson Contreras will get traded to the uh, American League, and then definitely have the best uh, offensive catcher. Yeah, and I mean, we're not going to talk about the fact he obviously he DH today and you know, it's a little different start position flexibility. He got player that YouTube player of the game, so that was cool. Um I know we were texting the three of us just about how brutal uh Yonder Alonso was as the color color man on the broadcast. How many oh. times did he, how many times did he bring up that he got traded by Walt Jockey? Oh my god. Yeah. When he was like you know, that's a Cincinnati home run. And I was like, buddy, you hit one at GABP the whole time you were a red. One. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. I couldn't make it past the second inning. There's oh, a foul man. ball. Heads up. Heads up. I, hey, I can't hear I you, buddy. I thought I was really impressed with the part with Luis Castillo when they were talking to him and he was like speaking Spanish. Going, I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, just not in love with Yonder Alonso calling games by any means. Um, so maybe uh, Yonder should be a, uh, sorry, maybe Yonder should be a sideline reporter. Maybe he'd be better at, at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a couple of little, couple, <laughs> a little bit of airtime, not a lot of airtime. Maybe <laughs> right. start making up your own like rules about, you don't ever want to make the second out at third. Wait, what? <laughs> I just spent the last 35 years of my life being taught that you cannot do that, that it's okay to make the second out and not the first and third. What's happening yeah. here? Dude, how about TJ Friedel today getting on base four times? Yeah, TJ Friedel's uh, played well. Um, a two-strike bunting machine, baby. Yeah, hey, I think he's a nice player. I, I yeah, he's fine. I'm not. I'm not on the uh, the TJ Friedel's the answer long term no. in center field, but uh, he's certainly a nice player to have. As I think, you know, like your fourth, fifth outfielder, maybe a guy you're, you know, shipping back and forth between Louisville. Um, um, I need to see a little bit more power, but uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, you can't ask for much more than he's given you, and he's a really nice defensive player too. So, yeah, he um, he's certainly been more impressive than Alejo Lopez, but that's a different story because we're talking happiness. Um, Is Alejo Lopez still the team? I think he, I think he, he had a bat the other night. Yeah, night. yeah, he had a bat last night. Um, so I mentioned it for a second, and I know this is kind of like one of the conversations we have throughout the year. Um, probably for as long as he's with the organization, Carl, uh, Carl and Carlos, I don't know if you had a, I know you texted us a little bit about what you were seeing in the game, but, um, Hunter green. So, you know, obviously last time out against Milwaukee, 
has kind of a really unique stat line of two and two thirds innings with seven strikeouts, but five homers. Um, this time gets a second taste of them. And I thought what was really impressive here was like the night before, you know, Brandon Woodruff faced the Reds in, in Milwaukee and was awesome. And the Reds got to him. And it was the opposite for Hunter Green, where he really struggled in Milwaukee. He comes back and faced him for the second time here. And you can see he wasn't perfect by any means, obviously. I mean, he had three walks in the first inning. But you could just see, like, it was like he picked some stuff up. I think he was pissed off that Willie Adamas was talking shit after he hit that homer off him in the first game. Um, but I really liked how he handled himself. He didn't, like, when he gave up a hit or gave up a walk, it wasn't like he lost control. I was I was really impressed with like just seeing the growth from week to week with him for those two starts. Yeah, I mean it's it's a baseball, right? Especially division baseball. You got you gotta make adjustments from from start to start, from um, you know, from the last time you face that opponent to the next. You certainly can't have the same game plan. You gotta switch it up and and um Hunter Green did. He threw I think it was pretty close to fifty percent or like as many sliders as he did fastballs, and that was great. That was awesome. You know, it, it took him a while. That first inning was was brutal. Thank God the uh, Brewers kept swinging because or else he would have probably walked everyone through the damn seven-hole hitter. But he got out of it, no runs. Like Nick said, all I see is zero. That made me laugh. Um, but he, I mean, he, he showed the competitiveness, the composure of of a six, seven year old vet. He, he didn't let that bother him. He, he let that first inning go. He went back out there the second inning, didn't have a great second inning. Third inning was better. Fourth was great. Fifth was better. Like he just, I mean, that shows so much, so much progress, you know, so much maturity going through that, being able to work through that. That was, that was really awesome. Even though I didn't think his, you know, his pitches were sharp and great. Um, but his stuff is good enough that it's okay. You know, the only thing that I wish I could have seen was, you know, it was it was late in his outing where I forget who was at bat, but he, they kept fouling it off and it was getting like two, two, three, two or whatever. And I'm like, he's been throwing 99 this entire AB. If he throws 101, 102, there's no chance he's going to catch up to it. I don't know if he had that in the tank or he didn't want to reach back for it or what, but. I mean, but to complain about not throwing 102, that's kind of asking a lot, right? <laughs> I saw, um, normally I think this guy's a uh, moron, um, but Dan Pleasek from MLB. No, oh. no. Uh, MLB, Dan Pleasek from MLB Network uh, said that he sees some young Dwight Gooden in, in Hunter Green. Stop. And that was, that was like, you know, I, I've said El Duque as far as like, you see like the mechanics and stuff like that. Obviously not the skill set just quite yet. Um, and also, you know, Dwight Good was the best pitcher in baseball for three years. So if Hunter Green does end up Dwight Gooden, I'm excited about that. Um, you know, we, we laughed about that last year during the draft. Remember when it was like this fifth round center fielder reminds me of Ken Griffey Jr. And you're like, mm. but yeah, I really liked what I saw from him. I yeah, I really there's not very many people you can compare Hunter Green to. This guy throws right. free and easy 99. He's not max effort 99. That's just right. trying to locate at 99, 98. There's not very many people in the history of the game that have ever done that. That's such a different era of baseball, too. Like, like right. it was like a complete unicorn. And, and, and in some ways, Hunter Green is, but there's relievers that ha- that throw just like Hunter Green, you know? So it's it's kind of, it's it's a totally different thing. But yeah, I mean, Carlos is right. It was 
48% sliders to, to 48% fastballs for Green. So it's cool to see him make that adjustment. Uh, the Brewers only had five hard hit balls all night. They had eight in the game last week. That was only, where it only lasted two and uh, two thirds innings. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great comment here from from diehard Reds. You know, we just want to see progress with Hunter Green. I mean, that is all this season is about. It's not really about what numbers he puts up. It's just is he getting better? Is he improving? Um, um, because he's he's only twenty two years old. Fuck at twenty two, I was. Going back to to low A ball, like that was my first spring training, and I went to college. I threw a lot more than Hunter Green threw. I'm not comparing myself to Hunter Green at all. It's just kind of like perspective on your, you know, on what you should expect from Hunter Green. Like relax a little bit, no matter what he does this entire year, just relax. And I mean, I'll be honest. Like I mean, I'll talk crap about it on Twitter on this, this should happen. That should have happened or whatever. But at the end of it, he's 22, man. And he hasn't thrown the last two years. Right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like, what? and that's the only way that you can learn is in game. You can throw as many bullpens as you want, but you're not going to learn how to pitch until you're facing live hitters. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's incredible to play with him and MLB the show. I don't know if anyone's done that yet, but definitely a blast to use in that game. Um, I want to talk real quick because I know I, I kind of brushed over us for a second and I'm not here to focus on the negative by any means, but today, you know, obviously there's no fault with us, with David Bell bringing in Dari Moreta when it did, how close, you know, how, how far the game apart it was, but it just seems like his confidence level is just kind of down and I'm not out on him by any means. I think his stuff's electric. I think he's a really good pitcher. Uh, you can just kind of tell like maybe he just doesn't have that swagger of like taking the ball right now. Um, do you guys kind of think like maybe this is a situation where you see him go down the triple A again for a little bit or what you kind of kind of see from him moving forward from this team or see if he can kind of get that swagger back a little bit? I, I mean, I guess it depends on who's down there, what the options are. Um, or do you want him to work on his stuff? Do you want him to work on his stuff in the major leagues or do you want him to work it out in triple A? I mean, I, I think he's a major league reliever. He looks like too. he's got the stuff. It's just... I mean, it's such small tweaks to make an adjustment as a reliever. And it's so hard to work on that because you can't throw bullpens before the game. Like as a, as a starter, you have to fill your stuff out in the bullpen before you go in. And then hopefully it translates during the game, but it's so hard to make those adjustments and we'll, we'll see what they decide to do with him. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the triple a bullpen looks like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I put too much stock in like what he did today. Cause the Reds had a big lead. It was a weird situation for him to come into in the ninth inning. Um, one of his other recent starts was as an opener. So he's kind of been using some weird roles. Um, I think I personally feel much more confident that it's probably time to send Gutierrez down, yeah. um, um, to build his confidence up. Cause we have a much bigger sample with him, um, with Mareda. I, I kind of, I would like, I think what Carlos was saying, I would kind of, you know, lean on what does DJ think, you know, does he think that this can be fixed at the major league level? Um, just because, I mean, he's only probably faced, um, you know, he's like 14 innings this year. So it's not like he has a, a ton. So if they, if they see sure. something like they can fix at the MLB level, you know, go for it. But I definitely think it's time to, to send, you know, Gutierrez down and let him get a couple, couple starts, let him hopefully, you know, gain some confidence back because he just, um, it is right now does not look like a big league starter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could definitely see today, like, you know, thank God the offense got him a seven Oh start. Um, because, 
you kind of see he was all over the place and wasn't like really, you know his challenge pitches were like very easily easy to hit it looked like it stretches so uh yeah I, i'm fine with that i i do like vlad i think vlad's a good pitcher but i think it does kind of look like he needs to kind of take that route there for a little bit especially you know mike miner's kind of rehabbing now he just had a uh or he had batting in triple a where he looked pretty good so i know paps blue monday is normally on here to say to say we can't speak of mike miner but I think this is kind of the you know the rally that's going to go because I can't see a situation where obviously I don't think Hunter or Lodolo are going down and now that Luis is back too. I think that's kind of the inevitable decision to make. I mean, you know, Gutierrez has had like a season and a half to work on this, you know? right? It's he's he's had plenty of time, and I just I don't see it. he's not he's not missing enough bats to to I think have enough success um, unless he's really you know changing a lot of his you know, mechanics and things like that. Yeah. His, his stuff is just, it's not good enough to get away with throwing, you know, on the thirds of the plate, he's got to spot up his stuff with every pitch, whether it's a fastball slider or a changeup, he's got to be extremely, they have, they all have to be extremely well-placed. And right now he's just not doing that. Everything's over the, the heart of the plate. Um, there's not enough difference in velocity in, in each pitch. So it, it's, it's pretty, um, easy, I guess if you could say it's easy to hit a, a fastball or a major league pitch, but the opponents are making it seem that way. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Carlos is on fire tonight, guys. It's bringing it. A couple bring wins, it. man, and he just he's 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 got yeah. he's got all the mojo back. I got love spring it. back in him. I like it. Spring in the step. Yeah, um, I did mention it. So Mike Miner, real quick, I have a couple had a doubting there in AAA Louisville. Um, kind of getting back, getting the group back for him as well. Um, looks like he pitched pretty well. So through three innings uh, with four Ks. So, and uh, after throwing 50 pitches, so looks like they're talking about him tentatively getting another start. Is it this Sunday? I think it is uh, for the bats. Um, Correct. Yeah. So hopefully we we'll have him back in a couple weeks or so. I think that could only be helpful with like, we just kind of talked about the conversation with Gutierrez. So, I know a lot of people were very anti Mike Miner. I'm not really against him. I know that there wasn't love because of the offseason, but veteran left-handed pitcher who can throw some innings, like sure, you know. People are only anti Mike Miner because there's a what was it, ten million dollars attached to him? I think it eight, eight. Yeah, they're like well, when you subtract uh, Garrett's, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. He's fifth starter. Come on. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think they're going to uh, worry about rushing him back. I mean, what do you? <laughs> you only have him. You only have him this year. I mean, I don't think he's a guy you're probably looking to extend. So, hey, as soon as they can get him back, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's going to be getting those four or five rehab starts. You know, to make sure. Hey, tryout season, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but he's just a he's a veteran arm that you know can former All Star. Eat just some innings, and again, I just I, I don't I don't see what people are seeing that he's you know, super terrible. He's never in his entire career had a season where he had a, a fielding into pitting pitching above five. Everything has been, you know, four below. And yeah, that may not be much, but when you're running out Vladimir Gutierrez and Robert Duggar and whoever the hell, Martin. And- yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, at least going to, um, you know, keep you in some games and at least not, you know, have your brains beat in every, you know, couple of nights very fond of not having our brain speed in every couple of nights. This was a very fun homestand. 
<laughs> Matthew Fessler says, Carlos brings more red to the table than that charge. For those who are watching, Nick puts together his. Thank you. I think. Yeah, I, th I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That was my uh, best man at my wedding, Matthew Fessler. Nice. Price, I, was like, I was like, me? I don't remember that. Yeah, I was like, huh. Must I mean, have been I real drunk. We've been friends for a long time, but I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Red is in fire is what he followed up with. So, Carlos, you are bringing the fire. Yeah. Unlike Kings of Leon, if anyone remembers that band for their existence. Dang it, Tim. You had to go there. <laughs> Did not have Kings of Leon on my uh, late night Red Stock bingo card tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> you also don't have a host as random as me. So. It is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is also very true. Um, so, I, this was actually asked by Jim in the chat, because we're gonna we'll talk about it here because Nick has the IL pulled up. So, um, the question that Jim brought up was, "What's up with Vado and Senzel with the so-called COVID?" Moose and Naquin came back quick, and there's been nothing really said about it. Um, Bobby Nightingale did mention that Joey and Senzel um, will be going on uh, looks like rehab starts, and they will not be joining the team during the nine-game road trip. Super bummer just for the sake that I'm going to the game Tuesday in Cleveland. And so I won't see Joey. And then also they're playing at Toronto, which like, I think he's played at Toronto once in his whole major league career. Um, so he doesn't get a chance to do it here playing his home city. So that part's a bummer, um, obviously, but you know, this is also a guy that probably wants to work, you know, work a little more on a swing and really value those at bats. We talked about part of the reason, Carlos talked about part of the reason he felt like he was really uh, struggling was like, you know, he hadn't had that timing yet and he didn't have those, you know, month of spring training at bats he normally gets to kind of get that, get that tuning in. So maybe that's kind of, this is what this kind of game plan is. Go down to Louisville or Dayton or somewhere, get a few at bats in. Tell you what, if he goes to Louisville or Dayton, I might drive actually and go check those out. There's both about an hour from me each way. So. Yeah. If, uh, if Votto and Sinzel are uh, on that, Louisville roster and they call up Matt McLean. I mean, like that could be, uh, that'd be fun. That could be a better lineup than the, uh, the big league club some nights. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I mean, Aquino, Aquino two in there. I mean, you know, He's got two homers. You just had to down. say Aquino, <laughs> didn't you? You just had to throw it in there. Son so when, of a... when he sent out the slides well, and I was like, looking at the minor league update that we're going to talk about later. I was like, Aquino's not on there. Weird. I waited 27 minutes. I mean, I, I feel like I deserve a lot of credit for that. You do. You do. I will give you your credit. It was hard. It was hard. That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So, but yes, the good news is um, the IL is starting to clear up a little bit. Finally, Naquin's back. Moose is back. And Moose has continued his good hitting from right before he went to the IL. So that's exciting. Um, you know, but... It is kind of like, it is strange. I do agree with kind of what Jim's talking about because like COVID's COVID. I know it can, it's different for everybody, how they react to it. I'm not here to get into the political part of this. Um, Jonathan India, we haven't heard a whole lot about since his injury. Um, and then um, <laughs> who had Nick waiting 27 minutes mentioned a Kino on their bingo card. That's probably Nobody. more shocking than my, than my Kings That's of Leon like a, reference. Yeah. Um, Jake Fraley, I feel like there's been like no update on since it was like he had knee inflammation. Then it's like, did they did they cut his leg off? Like we've had no update on that. Um, so yeah, I do feel like it, we've talked about this quite a bit. Like I feel like like 
you know, Nick's kind of talked about it gives no benefit to kind of mentioning what's going on with every guy and their injuries and this and that. But I also feel like as a fan base, they really kind of just want to kind of be kept in the loop. And that's one of the things that like, I'm not frustrated for all the decisions they made as far as like the moves, but I'm frustrated because like, I don't know what's going on. When's my guy number six, Jonathan India coming back with the sweet lettuce coming out of his head and leading our team, leading the patent lead off first again, especially now that we're winning and getting more consistent. You know, that's what I want to kind of feel out. Yeah. The Jonathan India one to me is the, the biggest question mark. Like what's going on? I, I don't know all that. The other ones that are on the, you know, on the COVID IL, I mean, I mean, all you got to do is one plus one equals two, right? So <laughs> kind of figure that out and see how much time we got whenever they come back. Um, but more than likely, they're probably going to, you know, have their minor league rehab assignments, make sure they get their swing back and everything adjusted for a little bit. I don't, I don't see them having long, long uh, extended rehab assignments, but I'm sure they want to get back and, and join the team. Um, but it is kind of weird. Like are all the other teams is, you know, secretive about their, their players being on the IL as the Reds are, because I don't ever remember it being this, this way. I think the asterisk kind of are like, I think it was like Jordan Alvarez. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Seattle. Like Mitch Hanniger was out with COVID for like longer than Joey's been this year. And it was like, he was like out. And then all of a sudden now the blue was like, 10-day IL instead of just COVID IL. And it was like, what What happened here? I don't understand. So I'm sure every team is to an extent. Actually, as I say that, Mitch Hanniger still is out after he got his COVID, in, uh, COVID stuff. So Yeah, I'm not talking about the ones that, that have status with, with COVID. I'm talking about like Jonathan India, um, Solano, Barrero. Like, I don't believe that Don even Maybe I'm not reading. I'm correct. not seeing all the stories that are coming out or the reports on when they're supposed to be coming back. Maybe I've totally missed that. If I am, I'm sorry, but I just no because I, you're I, not, I don't, I don't know. I firmly am at the point where I'm starting to doubt. Will Donovan Solano ever actually have an at bat for the Reds? Yeah. I, I, the, the COVID stuff totally different because that's, you know, HIPAA and all that kind of weird stuff. Sure. There's nothing you can do about that, but yeah, I, I wish they were, would give a little bit more information about the guys that are actually on the IL because it doesn't change anything. It doesn't help you. It doesn't right. help your opponents. What I'm talking about is when they're still on the active roster, you absolutely should be secretive about it because if you're giving information out, you're helping your opponent being able to plan late in the game. So I totally understand what they're secretive about that. I would definitely like to know what's going on with Solano a little bit more. I, I know we get like bits and pieces here and there, but uh, I, I do wish there was maybe a little bit more, more transparency with that. But I don't know. I mean... <sighs> Carlos, I, I guess I'd ask you this. Is there any sort of like, you know, with like a guy like Donovan Solano who's on a one-year contract and is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, is there any sort of like unwritten rules like you're not supposed to make a guy's injury sound as bad because like a guy could get, you know, ticked off that that you're maybe hurting his value, that, hey, this guy's been hurt worse than he is? Is there anything like that? No, because everybody has access to the medical records. You can't hide medical records. So they'll be able to see what those MRIs, all that's going to be shared with all the other teams. So it's, that's not going to help him at all by, by the Reds being quiet about it or him by being, being quiet about it. The only thing that's going to help him for next year is going to be him playing. So they're not going to give him the same contract that the Reds gave him this year, you know, next year. 
So if he doesn't play, so. Yeah, that's a interesting. Like about Solano is like, man, he's. You think he'd be wanting to hurry back because he's only got so much time to, right, to to get it right. Like guys like Schrock, you know, hey, it doesn't benefit him any very much coming back early. He's still got four years of arbitration left ahead of him. So, um, but yeah, I mean, guys like Solano and Miner that are kind of maybe not fighting for their baseball life, but you know, not far from it. You know, yeah, they. Has, has there been a peep about uh, Barrero? I haven't heard anything or read anything. He's running and in, in, uh, he was uh, taking defensive drills, but not taking at bats, I believe. Dang. So he's still a good ways away. Like oh, at this point with it, with that report if that report was like this week, he's not coming back before the all-star break. He is resume swinging, but I believe if I understand right, he was playing in simulated games, but only defensively, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But I guess that's a thing that happens. So I guess he's swinging in the cages, but he is not like um, in any simulated games or anything like that, except for defensively. That's hmm. a bummer. It's a bummer it's because our my boy Kyle Farmer, he's getting his groove back, baby. He is. Well, he could take over. He could take over for Kyle when uh, it just just needs to get healthy by the trade deadline. When you know, <laughs> Kyle Farmer brings us back our our next diamond in the rough, and, you know we keep the train moving. Somebody's playing for the San Francisco Giants, as you said this weekend. One hundred percent going to play. For, I just it's a perfect marriage. I've never seen anything that fits better than Kyle Farmer. Kyle, uh, how about how Padres about Padres need a shortstop? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll take Jerison Profar for the rest of the season. Why not? Yeah. Kim only hits against us, so we don't really want him back. <laughs> I don't That's know. another Tim Daniel jinx right there. Could you see Farmer and Brandon Crawford on the left side of the infield? Like, Farmer playing third? Like, that's just, man, those guys would be like best friends. would <laughs> <laughs> be awesome. Yeah. Plus, I just, I need, I need to see, like, Kyle Farmer hit, like, three home runs in the playoffs. Like, it would just be, it would be awesome. It'd be the course. Peter Gammons, Peter you know, Gammons. going way out of his way for this one. Hot takes. Really went out on a limb. Yeah. Many, how long did it take him to type that? <laughs> he definitely did type to text. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably like. <laughs> or voice to text, voice to text. <laughs> yeah. So Peter Gammons says that some club people say the Reds are now willing to talk Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley, which no shit. <laughs> but I think I mean I feel like that was kind of one of those like obvious writing on the walls kind of thing with how everything has been going for this season and what their contract situations are and their arbitration status. Um Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, they're both unrestricted what the end of twenty three or twenty four? This year and next year, and then they're free agents. Okay. Yeah. So um <laughs> I don't know what really more is there to say on this situation. Um, I don't really care about the fact you talked about David Price and Frankie Montes by any means, but um, obviously kind of bringing these two into like the captain obvious statement of the week. Yeah. Like, Hey hilarious. Peter, duh. Yeah. Thanks well, for and, the breaking news, buddy. Go back well, to whatever it is. What the hell you were doing? I know there was this big report that they stopped shopping them at the end of spring. That was just because they're like, okay, we're not getting the offers we want. It's not like they were stopping shopping him because they're like, we are keeping them 100%. Committed. It's just yeah. because 
They're like, yeah, we've seen the offers. No one is going to give us anything close to what we want right now. We're going to have them go into the season, and we're going to see if we can find a team that's more desperate at the trade deadline. And and like I said, like I said before, like a team like the Dodgers is going to be more desperate um, in July than they are at the beginning of the season um, because once you get to the trade deadline, there's no going back. You can't add quality pitchers and and good thing Carlos left the room is like you saw like with the Padres last year like they had to start Jake Arietta because there was no one else to get you know so you know you're gonna have teams that are more desperate and um I, I think you'll see some some offers uh, the Dodgers are, are a very interesting team I also like the Angels kind of with the way they're playing I could see them wanting to kind of go out and maybe make a big splash like a Luis Castillo might have both of the uh, LA teams fighting over him yeah, I really like that Shohei Otani and Mike Trout for Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley deal. I think that's a great deal for the Reds. I could see David Price coming back to the Reds. It, it, back not, to the Reds? Not, not, not as like... I was thinking uh, the manager. What was the manager's name? Not as not a... Brian as a, Price? Yeah. <laughs> not, like, as, not as a centerpiece, but but Price is uh, only has one year left on his contract and uh, he wants to start. And the Reds are going to need starting pitching after the trade deadline to kind of cover the year. So I could see him kind of being, you know, thrown in there. I don't know. I could see, I could see Luis Castillo and uh, Mike Moustakis, whether Mike Moustakis actually ever plays for them or not, getting shipped to LA and coming back, Dave and Price and some prospects. I could see something like that. I'm not ready for this talk right now, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we just won four of six. We won yeah, four of our seven games on. this week. So can we have, can we have up for more. this week, please? <laughs> <laughs> You're not ready for the uh, Mike Miner, Vladimir Gutierrez, River San Martin, David Price rotation. I've been waiting 37 years to have a happy Reds moment, and we finally got it. <laughs> Did you grow up a Braves fan? Yes, but the last <laughs> the last several years feels like a total of 37. So, touche, <laughs> touche. Well, I don't think they both get traded. I don't know if that makes you feel better. I, I only think one of them will get moved. Yeah. I mean, you know, if someone wants Tyler Malley's 45 pitches in inning, I'm sure we can make something happen. If I had to choose, sorry, Tyler, we'll see you. I got to keep seeing those change-ups. I agree. From Louie. Tyler's two years younger. It matters. Yeah. Castillo's two years better. <laughs> don't you throw any stats at me to correct me either nick i know I, how you are <laughs> luis castillo is a better pitcher tyler mal has been a much more durable pitcher though see it's either. shocking that his arm's still on honestly with how many pitches he throws every inning hey man the guy's got a rubber arm man you gotta give him yeah. gotta be gotta be impressed with it for sure should we talk down on the farm yet or is that where we're going here sure all righty so as you know, we started this last week. We're going to keep it going uh, throughout the season. So uh, just a little bit of minor league updates. Graham Ashcraft still doing big things. Uh, that 163 ERA in his last five starts, 21 strikeouts and 15 walks. Our guy, Matt McLean. Look at that. Look at that OPS. Sexy. Sexy numbers on that OPS. Uh, eight homers and seven stolen bases. Looks like Tommy Pham a little bit with these uh, these things on the base path. Right, Carlos? <laughs> God, you guys are killing me right now. <laughs> Keep going, Tim. 
Reds are going to put three all stars, Fam, Stevenson, and Drury, just to really like much <laughs> injuries. They're going to get three position players in the all star game. That'd be like the most random thing ever. You'll love to see it. Uh, Andrew Abbott got called up to double A after uh, 27 innings with 0.67 ERA, 40 Ks, and just seven walks. And then the man of the hour that everyone's talking about, we've all seen the swings on the on the Twitters, Ellie De La Cruz. Um, kind of got up to a little bit of a slow start. That OBP is not where it needs to be quite yet, but three homers, eight stolen bases, and a 120 way to runs created plus. Starting to see him get his groove back behind the plate. Um, that kid, man, this guy's the freaking limit. He's everything you see from him is just exciting. So, yeah, I mean, Ashcraft, his numbers look really good. I mean, little too many walks I'm, I'm assuming that's probably why he hasn't gotten a shot yet in the rotation is that's probably the one thing that they're you know wanting him to be a little better at before they call him up uh matt mcclain just feels like he's he's banging on the door um um getting a promotion um man i i cannot wait to see him make his debut he's gonna be one of my i don't know maybe one of my like top five favorite reds debuts i don't know maybe that's hyperbole i don't know He's going to be up there. Yeah. I did forget. I did know this. And Matthew Fessler said in our chat. So I do have to make sure I get this. Ellie De La Cruz on, in May has a 458 on base percentage. So, yes, the numbers are clicking back up. It's it's, it's exciting. Really pumped to see, see this kind of keep coming from him. Yeah. But yeah I am stoked about Ellie. I am stoked about Matt McClain, man. It's hard not to be excited. Uh, I talked about Jay Allen last week. You know, he's had a really good start to his season as well. I know we're big fans of him here, so it's just so goofy. I know we talk about this every week now where it's like there's the major league club and then their top tier prospects are like A and double A ball right now. So it's like kind of just like this weird, strange like gap between like the, the, the big league ball club and where their top prospects are. Yeah, I got a good comment here from uh Mr. One about Matt McClain's strikeout rate being a little concern. Uh, is it? It's at twenty nine percent right now. Um, I mean, yeah, I think what? You'd, you'd like to see him, you know, improve on that a little bit. Um, he does Holy walk cow. a lot though. Um, MLB average is twenty three. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, definitely something. Yeah. Um, but. You know, if you're hitting a lot of home runs and you're still getting on base at a high rate, I don't really worry too much about strikeouts. If well, the thing that I worry about is he's striking out in Double A, striking out at Double A that much, as opposed to hitting eight home runs in the first month and a half. The strikeouts worry me more than the home runs, like are appreciated because he's not going to get those home runs in the big leagues, but he's going to get struck out more in the big leagues. So that makes sense. Yeah. Last and year, I know he's not ready for the big leagues right now, but that's kind of alarming. It, last year was 20%. So that's below MLB average. Um, I mean, but you can't, but you can't, he's only had a hundred plate appearances this year. Yeah. You can't compare what he's doing down there to what an MLB average is. Yeah, like I'd, I'd like to see what the average is at at Double A. I don't know. I doubt there that stats out there, but I'm sure it is. It's just we only have about 20 minutes left of the show. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's 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 kind of alarming. That's weird. Does Ashcraft get a, a lot of ground balls? What what kind of a pitcher is he? I, I really don't know. Because the time that I saw him in spring training, it was 
not bueno. And that 21 Ks and 15 walks, that's alarming as well. Uh, Ashcraft's at 71% ground ball rate right now. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, India was at uh, 23% strikeout rate in uh, A ball. That was his highest sample minor league season. I don't know. I was yeah. just trying to find like the best, the best kind of like comp. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if again it was twenty last year, about twenty nine this year. Um. Yeah, I mean, even Tyler Stevens was up at twenty two, and in his his biggest season of the yeah. So again, I, maybe I, maybe I might have mistook like because he could be working on a certain thing too. So. Well, I it, maybe I maybe I misspoke, um, but. Yeah, you, I mean, you, they can definitely say, hey, you know, we're projecting you as a big leaguer as early as next year, so you need to work on this, and he does, and that causes more strikeouts because he's not used to that approach. And that definitely happens, so that could be the case here. So, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I didn't see him hitting nine or eight home runs in a month yeah. month and a week. So, you know, maybe maybe it is more of that power. And again, I, I'm not saying that, yeah, I mean, that 29% striker right, definitely stands out. I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, I don't. I just don't know if it's like you know, like full, you know, full blown alarm alarm bells ringing. Um, something to watch, something to keep an eye on. But I, I don't think it's something that I'm going to be like you know freaking out about at this. Point. I will freak out about is if we have his uh, picture up here again and he's wearing a collared shirt underneath his jersey. Can we get an action <laughs> shot one time? Oh yeah, it is super easy to find quality pictures of uh, minor leaguers Carlos you don't have anything <laughs> going on between now and next Wednesday and, so and try to and get that Nick. try to turn them into a nice PNG with the background removal sheesh <laughs> Carlos you're making the slides next week Nick's yeah, not here so yeah you're on the slides bud <laughs> we're winging it baby Straight yeah. winging it, Tim. We'll have fun. We'll have fun. You guys make sure and you tune in next week. Because <laughs> next ep- next week's episode it might be our last. That. Nick might <laughs> fire us. <laughs> we uh, don't watch Nick. Don't watch live. We're, we're not going to announce it yet, but we, we should have a big guest on next week to hopefully uh hopefully keep you guys going. Uh, cool. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the bats. Not the level bats, actually, like the major league team. But, um, you know, we've seen some comments today about Brandon Drury. Obviously, uh, been having a really, really fun stretch. Really like him a lot. Um, we've seen the bats wake up a little more like we talked about. And getting healthier. So, you know, you look at this list right here. Um, you look at Tyler Stevenson's missed time. Nixon Zell's missed time. Joey Votto's missed time. Jake Fraley, Jonathan India, Mike Moustakis. So, as far as, like... That's, you know, the quality of contact. That's about eight of the 15 guys on the list have missed a lot of major league times. So seeing them get healthy has been pretty fun. And, um, you know, obviously Brandon Drury has been a godsend to this team, whether it's just like, you know, getting on base or getting clutch hits or big time homers. He's been a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, and I've been really, really impressed with Colin Moran, you know, kind of you know, sticking it out. And, uh, you know, obviously you had four home runs in four games. You're doing something right. But, uh, again, I never thought he was as bad as a lot of people you know, seem to enjoy making him out to be. He was supposed to be like the backup first baseman DH against, you know, right-handed pitching. Um, and, and I think he's, he's done that role really well. And, uh, 
Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a better lineup, man. If you could just get, you know, maybe Indy and Votto or, you know, Indy of you know, Votto and Sinzel, I mean, man, it, it really starts to become a, a much longer lineup. And and again, the the nice thing is the Reds are out of uh, a decent amount of their their uh, tough schedules with uh, with pitching. You know, they faced a lot of really, really, really good pitchers early in the year. Um, and, and it's going to get a little bit easier there. And, uh, um, yeah, I feel like they can face that Brewers bullpen every night, you know, they really, <laughs> yeah, but I felt so good last day when Josh Hader could not find the strike zone of his first couple of batters. I was like, okay, all right. And then Tham struck out and I was like, son of a bitch, <laughs> Josh Hader does not take much to get on and get going. Um, yeah, man, this has been. Obviously, to kind of see them, like Nick said, get longer on the lineup has been really fun. I know it did cost us Aristides Aquino, Nick. I do apologize about that. Um, but, you know, he's got two homers in Louisville. I'm just I'm just happy he cleared waivers, you know, snuck him in at the right time when everyone had to cut two roster spots. Did you think he was not going to clear waivers, Nick? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hanging out with Nick at the game Saturday <laughs> when the notification pops up that Aristides Aquino was a cleared waivers. And he looks at me and goes, I might have to get in my LB TV just so I can watch Aquino play. <laughs> McLean didn't do it. Yeah, McLean, Hunter, Jay Hunter Allen. Green, Hunter nope. Green didn't. Nick, Nick Lodolo, nope. Nope. Watch Aquino every night. It's all about first impressions with Nick Kirby. <laughs> That's why we have a show with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Yeah. That's pretty fun. Ramos Garcia, he's, you know, on the team. He's fun. He be- he started today at catcher. Yeah. That's all I can say about it, Ramos Garcia. <laughs> really yeah. good swing in the show. Another guy that you should have on your show team if you do Diamond Dynasty. This is your backup catcher until the good ones come out. That's all I got. Dude, I was sweating bullets so bad today because uh, Zach Bellerman tweeted that thing at us last week when they beat when the Brewers beat the Reds like 18-4. to 4. And I responded today with like that Daffy Duck gif of him, like with his evil smile when they were up big and they started coming back. I was like, I just shouldn't talk. I just, I just should not say a word ever again. I was like, fuck, this is going to happen to us. Isn't it? I I felt good. I felt good. (laughs) I think Rowdy had already batted. So I I, I felt like, you know, didn't have the best series against the Reds this time around. He struggled. He struggled. The Reds figured him out. Yeah, I hope so. God, just so people quit tweet, tweeting me every time he hits a homer. I know. Believe me. Nick and Carlos let me know every time. I picked him up on my fantasy team for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that being said, the Reds do get another series this weekend with the Pittsburgh Pirates again. Uh, you're looking at starting to project the starters. There. Connor over to the pitch really well Saturday against the Pirates. Uh, Tyler Malley on Friday. Luis Castillo on Saturday and Hunter Green on Sunday. I'm um, going against JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, Zach Thompson, and Jose Quintana. Uh, before going to Cleveland, which at the moment for the Tuesday game against Zach, please, Zach, Vlad Brugatieres is listed as a starter. We're hoping that's not the case, whether that be Mike Meyer or Nick Lodolo. Um, Connor Overton going against Cal Quantrill in the second game. And then Tyler Malley on Friday in Toronto. Um, so going against... As projected currently, Hinjin Ryu. So it's nightmare fuel for the Reds lineup. God. Yeah. 
Brandon Drury, though, playing his former team. Maybe he gets that Tommy Pham against the Padres thing going. The Drury revenge tour. What are you going to do if the uh, Red Legs run off six in a row? Or I guess it would be seven. Shaving off that beard, Tim Daniel? No, 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 no. I told you what I would do, and it's on wax, so I can't take it back. So that's why I was trying to get you because I know you, you do crazy bets. So I was trying to get you. Nick's wife says something to me. Saturday I threw it out there. You didn't take one. the bet. Yeah. No, no, no. Beard has to stay. You guys, I look like I'm 12 years old without a beard. So you still look like a 12 year old with a beard. You look pretty <laughs> young, buddy. Well, thanks, pal. I appreciate it. It's a compliment. It. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so this is what the projected line, uh, pr- projected matchups look at at the moment. God, I'm really hoping Vlad's not making that start Tuesday. I just, yeah, they could. I mean, they they could um, have Overton pitch on normal rest instead of Vlad, then have Tyler pitch, um, and then Luis is still pitching on normal rest again at the start of the Toronto. So they could just skip Vlad. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they send him down tomorrow. Bring out, bring up an extra reliever. Uh, to kind of give them, and then that would get them until maybe Mike Miner can make his debut in Toronto. So I can see him doing something like that. I tell you what, though, um, Overton, Mally, Castillo, Green in uh, Pittsburgh. Hey, man, that looks That's, like yeah. <laughs> after kind of what we've seen, you know, starting pitching wise at times this year, that that looks pretty good. And, uh, hey, uh, Overton's been awesome. You know, uh, I, I did a radio interview this week, and the first question I was asked was about Connor Overton. I was like. What is happening? Um, <laughs> but yeah, good for him, man. He's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, throw strikes. He was fun to watch on uh, on Saturday, and yeah, yeah, I liked watching him pitch. He was fun. Um, I like. Yeah, I think those bats are good. But here's kind of so before threats come back for four games with the Cubs and three games with the Giants. Um, they do have this road trip. So four with the Pirates, two with the Guardians, and then they end the road trip with three north of the border in Toronto. I've never, that's like on my bucket list stadiums to see. I want to stay in the hotel. I don't know if I would like love it, but I kind of want to do it sometime. Better save up. I checked that out. It was like a thousand bucks a night. Yeah. Crazy. I have a hard I time. I've to told a- you all the cool story. I hung out with Larry Walker, Joe Maurer, Joey Votto. No, not Joe Maurer. He's not Canadian. Who's a Canadian? Uh, Justin Morneau. All in one of those hotel rooms, drank hot-ass beer. There's a fridge right there, but they didn't put the beer in the fridge. They left it on the bed, and we're just grabbing out of the bed. I don't know how we're drinking hot-ass beer, but we did. And your old buddy Carlos didn't say a word. I was just listening to all these crazy stories. Mainly by Larry Walker, because he was wearing like a... It was either an ACDC or like Pantera like baseball jersey. <laughs> it was like <laughs> something that you would find at Walmart, and that's what he was wearing. Walmart or Spencer's, yeah, one of the two. Yeah, and it was a pretty cool last night. Yeah, Walmart's humble a... brag. Sorry about it. No, it's cool. We get it. You're friends with a former MVP who also hangs with the former MVPs. You know, it's great. Hall of Famer, Larry Walker. Yeah, yeah. Exposed legend, ish. But yeah, I mean, the next six weeks, I mean, looks like at least certainly a much easier schedule than than what they had the first. Are we six weeks into the season? You know, so yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully this is a chance they can at least kind of, you know, kind of get the the record overall look a little more respectable. Be nice to pass the pass the Pirates and Cubs in the next you know few weeks, and 
you know, at least at least have some positive momentum going. Yeah, yeah this, the Toronto uh, this... series will be fun to watch just because of all their power, yeah. superstar power that they have. That'll be cool. Springer, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that that Cubs series. That'll be fun. Saya. Sorry, Joey. Think... We come and photo you, and I don't you mean think... Votto. I mean Ricotta. You think our you think our boy Wade Miley gets to start in that series? Hopefully, he better hope, hope not. So. I hope so. My we hope got is... a farm dog, and we got a Stevenson that would love to see him. <laughs> better hope Donovan Solano ain't back yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking at June, and I was like, man, there's like seven Diamondback games. If Zach Gallon just wants to not play in any of those and start, that's totally cool with me. He just wants to be busy for seven days, like. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, Nationals, Diamondbacks. Those look tasty. Yeah. Don't say that about the Diamondbacks. I I just said they look tasty. I didn't. Remember 2021 Diamondbacks, the beginning of the year. Hey, this is one against the Reds. This is June. They were they're only an April team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I can't believe, like, didn't, did Washington sign Juan Soto to one of those Votto S contracts, or was I imagine? How have we gone this almost an hour and not talked about how awesome Tyler Stevenson's been? Before we go, can we talk on that for a little bit, Nick Kirby? Absolutely. (laughs) You're not going to hurt our feelings. Yeah, I hate talking about Tyler Stevenson. (laughs) Come on, come on. He's awesome. Did I do a whole thing about how great he's been? We touched on a little bit, yeah, to start the show. I mean, but have we really? Carlos, I'll put you in full screen. You no, no, no all no, no, your no, no, Tyler no. Stevenson thoughts. I get floor. nervous. Nope, full <laughs> screen. Tell us about Tyler. Okay, let's go. We're already full the screen. The kid so. has been phenomenal lately. He just needs ABs to get going. Good buddy of mine, first baseman for the Reds. Last year said this kid's going to be special. And so far, he has been. He's been doing well. He's been hitting the ball. Better gap to gap. Um, all I all I need for him is a little bit more power. Other than that, I mean, he's going to be. I talked about it online on Twitter with with Chad and another buddy of mine. Um, I mean, I'm projecting top three here in the next by the end of next year. I mean, the kid is is probably going to be the all star for the Reds this year if he keeps up what he's doing. And I don't see him being as fluky as maybe a. Brandon Drury or whoever else is performing well right now. Like we said this at the beginning of the year, we, we see him winning a silver slugger. Uh, we see him making all-star teams and, you know, he's not that young. He, he's doing well. And it's, it's very exciting to see. It's very um, cool to see that how he's embracing it. No moment is too big for him. Um, you hear Jim day, Barry Larkin talking about he's, uh, the leader QB of the one. team, yeah, QB one. They've got that whole thing going on, and hey, more power to them. Good luck, go get it, boy. Yeah, I was pretty close to when I was at the team shop this weekend, leaving with a Tyler Stevenson jersey. I won't lie to you, I need one. I mean, yeah, it was. So I the think point he's got more brought... room to grow defensively than he does offensively because he's he's right on the cusp offensively. He's I mean since day one he's always known known his uh, strike zone well. He's taken mm-hmm. his walks. He's gone the other way. You know he, he's made adjustments. He's growing as a player. So just, just defensively is the only thing 
then I guess you could have a little knock, but again, it's his first time ever catching big league pitching. So there's an adjustment that needs to be made. It's his first time being in charge of a big league roster. So there's adjustments. There need to be a lot of things going on. It's just not catching the ball and throwing the guy out at second base whenever he goes. There's, there's a lot of good that goes into uh to a catcher. So, you know, defensively you can come some slack, but offensively you don't have to worry about that. The point you made there that I like the most was talking about how he's hitting gap to gap. And you're really seeing that today, especially, um, you know, a couple of the, the couple of those doubles he had, but Saturday it was like Saturday afternoon. It was the game where he had like three or four hits and you could just kind of see he was, he was spraying the ball. And then like, you know, like, I think the pop's going to come. I think he already has big league pop. Um, and it's just as he gets older, it's just going to keep coming more and more, especially because he's like still tapping into how good he is. I don't know if, you know, certainly not in our lifetime. I don't know if we've seen a Reds catcher this impressive immediately. Um, I love Devin Mesoraco. His all-star season was awesome. Friend of the program. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I was ever felt the way I feel about Tyler Stevenson, the way I felt about Mez. Yeah, like like his pop. I'm I'm not too concerned with it because I mean, how many catchers are do you expect to hit over 30 home runs, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so maybe. it's just you know, I'd I'd rather be happier with like just doubles, gap to gap, gap to gap, more than sure. than homers every now and then, right? Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's more of the style of hitter that he is because he's he's like more crouched down and maybe later in his career he'll stand up and try to hit for more power. But you ready? I, ready, I mean. You ready for this? Yep. He's slugging five nineteen right now. That's tied nice. with tied with uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Wow. It'd be twentieth in baseball. So he he's he has he only has three home runs, but he's hitting for a lot of power. Power doesn't have to be home runs. Doubles are power. Right. You know, um, two doubles equals yeah, one home run. But that's kind of. Yeah. I know. You, I, I could double. I mean, a double can be a blooper over the face first baseman right and that's going to be considered power number at the end of the day so yeah but how many of his mm. double how many of his doubles are like that right yeah <laughs> yeah but but i'm not going to put him on the same level as power as vladimir no, no 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 I, i'm not either but i i think he's probably somewhere in between you know um last year was at 431 this year's he's a 519 i think he's probably somewhere in between but i mean i i think you're getting a high 400 slugging percentage out of a catcher um i'm pretty I, awesome i think that's 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 pretty good i don't i don't think there's that many that that slug that high yeah i'll I'll let you know yeah i was trying to think of it and i can't think of any um you know and i know obviously we're we're not gonna get into that by any means but the conversation continues to come up will he be the first baseman of the future for the team after joey moves on and maybe um i I like that time i don't think it's close even if joey leaves after next year like i don't think they're gonna put him at first base then why would you yeah i agree he completely diminishes value. I mean, yeah. he's, he, you know, if he's slugging 450, that's a top 10 catcher slugging. If he's slugging 450, you're playing first base. It's not. I mean, you can pick up, like, Colin Moran. The Reds signed him for a million bucks. And I know not everyone's the biggest Colin Moran fan in the world, but he's not a terrible player. Like, he can hit right-handed pitching above average. You can't go find a Colin Moran for a million bucks to catch. Right, you know, so I know, man, Josh Van Meter just caught Saturday. <laughs> that All was I know awesome. Colin Moran needs to cut his neck hair. <laughs> that is awful, dude. So, Saturday, we're like, Nick, like, uh, like, stepped away for a second when, um, what's his face, the catcher for the Pirates gets injured, 
And obviously earlier in the game, the backup gets ejected. So we're like sitting there like, who the hell? And then I look at like, I, I see Trent's tweet that says Josh Van Meters behind the plate. And Jake and I are just like, well, this is going to be fun. I saw where Stevenson told him to take it to arbitration to make more money. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now catching for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Josh Van Meter. <laughs> what is happening? I wish I had friends that were Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Yeah, it's no, that don't. kind of stuff that makes a season, a baseball season, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Reds and Pirates. Yeah, something crazy always happens. Yeah, I wonder how much he knew of like the the pitch cap thing, like how many of the like buttons he knew to press and stuff like that. I'm sure he probably went through it, but to remember it also, like being like the probably the designated emergency catcher. At least the Reds like emergency catchers like Kyle Farmer. You know, that's good for us. So it was Carson- kind of refreshing to see uh, Castillo not use that and just go old school with the signs. Yeah. I know. I noticed that immediately. That was fun. Carlos, what's an emergency catcher go through? Like what, how does that guy get designated? How much do they actually like participate in drills? It, it is completely on zero percent. So yes. Joshua meter was designated as the emergency catcher, but like has never actually spent a second thinking he would actually as much as Kyle Farmer has. And he's the emergency one. Right, yeah. Well, he's actually caught well, though. I mean, yeah, he's caught in the majors. I think Joshua oh, he caught the majors. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when Alex Wood was here, he was okay. Either way, bad example. But either but, right, way, yeah. Emergency catchers—they <laughs> don't get any. No, no way. Yeah, Joshua that, emerg- that emergency catcher is trying. He's playing <laughs> he's for his major catch. league career to stay on the roster as a backup. Back to the backup at shortstop and right field. So he, there's no way he's spending time learning to catch. No, there's zero. He's not involved in any of the meetings. He's not. No, he's not getting any of that. How mad would you be if you were Will Crow and you had to pitch to a kid who has no idea what he's doing? <laughs> how mad would you? How mad would you be if you were having a great season like Will Crow? He had a uh, ERA, I think, of one coming to that. He had been dominating, and he got lit up with an emergency catcher. Would you like? Would you you're probably not saying it publicly, but you would be like, that's all that's all his fault, you know? It just depends on I guess what kind of person you are, because I would say, Hey, listen, I throw two pitches and I throw two pitches well. I have a third, I don't throw it well. So line up on the thirds on each side. Don't try to frame shit. Don't do anything. Just catch it. <laughs> And then he, whatever he happens, like you gotta you gotta be able to get through an inning without like being minimally weak to be like, oh, I'm throwing to this catcher. Crap. I mean, he's not catching it when it's getting hit, so what the hell are you blaming it on, you know? I just feel like after that inning, you know, it'd be like an easy thing to <laughs> to blame it on. Oh, for sure. That's for sure what he's saying. I can't get my groove. I'm having to shake off every pitch. Whatever. <laughs> you didn't have Roberto behind the plate. Plus, not to mention he pitches for the Pirates. So, you know, there's also that part of it. Yeah. Kills so, I'm guessing when you were with Joey in the minors, as soon as they opened the first, it was like he was never designated the emergency catcher. No, sir. <laughs> Somebody would get fired if they put him behind at catcher immediately. Oh, man. Who were your catchers in the minors? Hannigan? Hannigan was the majority. Miguel Perez, he had a little big league time. Yeah, I remember um, that name. 
that was pretty it. That was pretty much it with the Reds. Hannigan was a level up until I got to low A or high A, and Miguel Perez was always the catcher with me going up level to level. So double A, high A was Hannigan, double A, Hannigan. And then he went to triple A the next year, and I stayed at double A, and Miguel Perez was catcher at double A. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. One time, Miguel Perez, we were at home in Chattanooga, and uh, we had to pause the game because he had to go take a crap. And so we see him running from from the dugout. And the uh, the clubhouse is in right field. So we like see him running with his shin guards and we're like, what the hell is he doing? And then all of a sudden it all clicks because we knows we all know that Miguel, if he poops, he's gotta take a shower. You can't just <laughs> poop and get back out. He like feels <laughs> disgusted. So we're like, oh crap. We're like, we better not have a one, two, three inning or something quick. <laughs> sure enough, it was a quick inning. And they're like delaying the game. Everybody's out there and you see our manager go and walk to the umpire, and then you see Miguel come running out, like smiling, and we all know what's going on. He had to go poop, but he had to take a shower. So imagine how long it takes to like put your uniform on whenever you're still wet. Like, you're like, pull, like, yeah, it was a big mess, but that was a funny story. Well, play the game because he pooped and showered. I know what segment of this week's episode is going on our TikTok channel. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to find out which player had bodily issues in the minor league from Carlos. <laughs> oh, man. Nick is letting us unsupervised next week. Carlos, could you believe that? Can't wait. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. Well, I think we can go ahead and say and put a bow after that story on this week's edition of Late Night Red Stock Live. Is that it? Pretty sure we got to say a sponsor or something, right? Yeah, we do at some point, but I know Nick wanted to get uh, wanted to say one quick thing real quicker. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. So, parting shot from Nick Kirby. I had a great time at Great American Ballpark. It was uh, a lot of fun. Got to hang out with a lot of a lot of cool people. It was like of- Red's Twitter in real life. Yeah, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I would definitely say, look. If you're boycotting the team, go for it. That that's your right. But if you want to go to a game, uh, don't let anyone tell you not to. It's a it's a fun time, and I had a great time at the ballpark. It's therapeutic uh, in a lot of ways. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Most of all, you got to hang out with me. So absolutely you know. right. What's better than that? And we just got to get Carlos to come up. We can all do a three uh, trip together, the three of us. I was going to come in June, the weekend that I picked. The wife said, "Eh, eh." So I'm going for July now. I'm thinking July 4th weekend. Okay. Let me know. We'll, we'll put a plan together. Uh, so, yes, by, we'll go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live here, part of the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Be sure to go to Bet Online, use our promo code Believe to get your 50% deposit welcome bonus. Um, this is going to be fun. Thank you all for tuning in. Like we said, Curb gets uh, gets the night off next week. Well deserved. Carlos and I will be holding it down, hopefully with a guest, but if not, it's still gonna be just as entertaining. Take it easy, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.